Welcome to 15-Minute Papers, a journal club for those short on time and brain cells. Each episode, we're going to walk you through a scientific paper with the person who knows it best, the actual author. We'll first start out by introducing the main work of the lab, and then move into a quick 15-minute breakdown of their paper. Hi everybody, I'm Zachary Bernstein. And I'm Erin Mahelsik. And this week, we're joined by Dr. Dustin Green in Jinzong Dong's lab in the Department of Neuroscience at Johns Hopkins University. Thank you for taking the time to share your work with us today, Dustin. We'd just like to start off with asking you what the big picture aims of your lab are and how you fit in. Prior to joining the lab, uh, Dr. Dong, his kind of his claim to fame was studying these receptors involved in itch. The New Yorker magazine called him the godfather of itch research. And so while he was a postdoc in, in UCLA, he cloned a bunch of these receptors that were found to be on uh, peripheral sensory neurons. And they were called um, these mass-related G-protein-coupled receptors, or MRGPRs. They didn't really know what they were, what they were involved in. And over the past few years, he's been just kind of going through each one of these receptors and studying them and their involvement in itch and also in pain. And uh, when I joined the lab, I was coming from um, a pain lab uh, down in Texas, a guy named Ken Hargreaves. And he, he spent the past few decades uh, becoming this famous pain scientist. And so when I joined the lab, uh, talking to Dr. Don about projects. And I was actually was not really wanting to do pain. I was thinking of getting out of pain, trying something different. I in the lab in the past five years have been looking at uh, this receptor on mast cells and its role in pain and itch, bacterial detection. Um, other people in the lab are looking at these other MRGs. We've kind of, we started out as being mostly a neuroscience lab in the past five years, we're now, we, have now, we now have two or three immunologists who join the lab. We're working now with more of the Department of Dermatology. Um, we still work with you know, neurosurgery, but now we're working with a lot of dermatologists, uh, looking at you know, the skin microbiota. So the lab has really kind of grown and expanded beyond just uh, peripheral neuroscience. Okay, pause. Didn't get that? Don't know what a peripheral sensory neuron or mast cell is, or are you just curious about what it means to be the godfather of itch research? Zach and I are going to break it all down for you. Let's start with the godfather of itch research himself, Dr. Dong. Dr. Dong was quoted in the New Yorker to have said, people used to assume that itch was just small pain, the little brother of pain, but not so. Dr. Dong discovered that the sensation of itch isn't just a diminished pain response, but rather a completely separate pathway. His discovery of receptors on peripheral sensory neurons led him to this groundbreaking discovery in itch. Okay, okay, we know you're itching to know what a peripheral sensory neuron is. To explain this, we need you to remember back to a dark time, Bio 101, when you learned about peripheral versus central nervous systems. Our body senses stimuli, such as itch or pain, and sends a signal to our brains. The brain processes the information and sends back a signal to do something, such as scratch our arm or take our hand off the burning stove. The peripheral sensory neuron that we've been discussing are the very first steps in this process. They are responsible for sensing the damaged environment and then signaling to the brain that you're hurt or itchy. 
Dr. Dong discovered a specific set of chemical receptors on peripheral sensory neurons called MAS-related G-coupled receptors, abbreviated MRGs. However, one of the MRG receptors found to be important for pain signaling was also present on mast cells, which are part of the immune system. This opened up an unknown communication step between the nervous system and the immune system. Dustin's work focused on how peripheral sensory neurons could signal not just to each other, but also to a subset of mast cells that reside near the nervous system. Okay, now that that's out of the way, on to the paper. Today, we're going to focus on one of your recent papers published in Neuron, titled A Mast Cell-Specific Receptor Mediates Neurogenic Inflammation and Pain. Could you break down this title for us, maybe define some of the key terms like mast cell and neurogenic inflammation? The neuron communicating to the immune cell, it's, it's neurons generating the inflammation. They've been damaged somehow, and they've got a signal to the surrounding immune system that, hey, something's happening. Um, I've been damaged. You, need, you, you guys need to come in here and clean this up. And help me out. Okay, mast cells, um, I know they're involved in, they're thought to be involved in itch, you know, releasing histamine, anaphylactic shock, but there was also a lot of research in how they can, what one researcher called them like the gatekeepers of pain, because they live, they're, they're called resident immune cells, so they're, they're, they're there, they're just sitting there waiting to be activated. One uh, peptide that activates MRGB2 that stuck out for me was one called Substance P. Substance P was identified decades ago. And when they found the receptor, a lot of biotech companies were like, oh, okay, hey, we know Substance P is an inflammatory neuropeptide that's released in the periphery. It appears to have some role in pain. We now have, we know the receptor, which is in what they call the neurokinin receptor, NK1 receptor. Uh, we've identified that. Let's, let's, um, let's look at targeting that for pain. And that the drug company spent, you know, close to a billion dollars targeting this, this, this um, receptor. Nothing came about, at least for pain. And so when we saw that, when I saw that substance P activates MRGB2, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, I wonder if there's something there. So I would go through the literature and it just seemed like there would be so many, it seemed almost like everything under the sun would activate mast cells, you know, dirty language would activate a mast cell. It's like there was, there would be papers showing if you, you know, uh, you activate a mast cell and you get itch or you activate a mast cell and you get pain. Or you activate a mast cell and you just get a local inflammation. There were a lot of papers showing that certain quote unquote pain uh, peptides activated mast cells and contributed to inflammation. So it was all about mast cells basically helping inflammation, recruiting things, um, degranulating and sensitizing nerves. Dustin found out two things that led him to be curious about this whole interaction. One was that a neuropeptide called substance P or SP binds to MRGB2 on mast cells and activates them. The second thing he found out in the literature was that mast cells cause inflammation when activated. So what is inflammation exactly? Well, on a physiological level, we associate it with swelling, redness, heat, and pain at the site of an injury. 
After tripping and scraping our hand, these are the manifestations of inflammation that we can actually see and feel. However, at a cellular level, inflammation is mediated by chemical messengers called cytokines that not only start the physical symptoms, but more importantly, recruit other immune cells to come into the tissue to fight infection and amplify the inflammatory response. To further investigate what was going on between mast cells, MRGB2, and inflammation, the lab created a mouse line that had this MRGB2 receptor knocked out. That way, they could investigate what changes were directly linked to this receptor and see its role in the pain response. So just walking uh, back a little bit in the first steps of the paper, speaking of this knockout mouse that was lacking this specific receptor, you tested their mechanical and thermal sensitivity after surgery. Can you walk us through exactly what these tests were and what they showed and how you sort of rationalize relentlessly prodding mice in uh, all these different ways? Yeah, it's, that's a very good question. So a lot of people who aren't familiar with the pain field, they'll ask, how do you test pain in animals? My old boss, he actually invented one of the machines that we use to test pain. I remember when I first joined his lab, he was like, don't use pain. When you talk about animals, because they're animals, we can't really just call it pain. Usually I'll say um, decrease in nociceptive or mechanical hyperalgesia. If you go to the hospital with pain, a lot of times doctors will give you a pain scale and say, on a scale of one to 10, you know, what, what's your level of pain? And you'll tell them. Mice, they don't, they don't, we can't do that. You know, mice don't talk. So we have to use these indirect kind of these, well, they're really direct measurements of pain. And the test came about the, the filaments, they're just, they're called von Frey filaments. They're just basically um, plastic probes that bend at a certain force. And you just basically poke the mouse's hind paw. And, a, and if a normal mouse where no surgery or no pain's been done to it, if it withdraws at say one half a gram, and then after you do the post-operative pain surgery, it now withdraws at you know a fourth of a gram. You know, it's, it's now been sensitized. The thermal, the Hargreaves apparatus, which we always call the toe toaster. It's basically simply a glass table with a light bulb under it. And the light bulb shines at a certain temperature. And you hold the light bulb under the mouse's paw, the mouse is sitting on the glass. And you know, a normal mouse might withdraw its paw from that heat source after say 10 seconds. And then after you give it some inflammatory compound or you do a surgical model, it might withdraw its paw. It might have gone from 10 seconds down to five seconds. So now it's much quicker. So those are the types of tests that pain scientists have kind of come up with to quote unquote judge pain in animals. Let's walk through that again. He performed these two measurements of sensitivity to pain. Both involve exposing the mouse to an uncomfortable stimulus either poking or heating their paws. Then, he measured how long it took them to withdraw their paw. A mouse that was less sensitive to pain would take longer to withdraw, but a very sensitive mouse would quickly withdraw. He found that mice that lacked this MRGB2 receptor were less sensitive to both of these measures of pain, which means, compared to normal mice, they took longer to withdraw their paws after being poked or after being exposed to a heat source. The next question he asked 
was what cellular response is diminished that leads to this lower sensitivity. It goes back to inflammation. Let's listen in. Up until this point, you knew that the knockout mice have a lower sensitivity to pain. And you thought that this might be because there was decreased inflammation in the knockout mice. But how did you connect this to mast cells? So what the hell do mast cells do? Well, they're, they're important in recruiting other immune cells. I remember, they're like sitting there just waiting. And other immune cells have to get to that injury site. We knew that mast cells help in that. Are they recruiting fewer neutrophils or monocytes? And sure enough, they were. And as soon as we got that result, it was like, all right, the ball started rolling. It got quicker. If they're recruiting fewer immune cells, how are they recruiting fewer immune cells? We know that mast cells, when they're activated, they spit out a bunch of proteins that recruit other things. So I did some release assays. I just simply did some ELISAs. We measured all these different um, cytokines that are important in inflammation and recruitment of other pro-inflammatory immune cells. And sure enough, they were also decreased. The kind of the key point was that it wasn't so much that mast cells cause pain, they help promote inflammation, sensitization, things like that. And so I was like, okay, I got the downstream mechanisms. The one where to push it over the edge is what's the agonist? I can find the agonist, I'll have a complete story. I'll have my receptor, I'll have my downstream effectors, and then I'll have the agonist that starts it all. And going back to the very beginning of the story was substance P. Dustin's last hurdle was to demonstrate that substance P was the key upstream molecule that leads to downstream inflammation. He already knew that SP binds to MRGB2 and that the lack of released cytokines from mast cells in MRGB2 knockout mice was what caused lower inflammation. But he wanted to connect these two findings. How could he be sure that SP binding to MRGB2 is really the first domino that starts it all? So he did an experiment where he injected normal mice with antibodies against SP. So SP would still be released, but it wouldn't interact with the MRGB2 receptor at all. Sure enough, stopping this interaction also stopped the downstream cytokine release. When he redid the sensitivity studies, he saw that mice that still had the MRGB2 receptor had less inflammation and less sensitivity to pain when they injected the SP antibodies. All in all, he found that blocking SP or deleting MRGB2 had the exact same result. You do this in the last figure, but can you just recap the mechanism this paper proposes as the way the MRGB2 receptor is involved in neurogenic inflammation and pain? So in summary, you somehow you, get, you damage your skin, whether it be through what you cut yourself. You have, you know, we use the post-operative pain model because it's, it's kind of a clinically relevant model. Basically, you damage those peripheral nerves. Those peripheral nerves spit out substance P, which is a neuropeptide. And the substance P then attaches, binds to MRGB2 or MRGX2 on human mast cells. And that activates the mast cells to spit out more pro-inflammatory cytokines and immune cell recruitment that then recruit these neutrophils, monocytes, and macrophages, which are involved in, um, and they're also involved in um, basically sensitizing your peripheral, your peripheral nerves. Our last question for you is, what's next with you? Less than two weeks, I'm moving down to Houston. 
moving down there and opening my lab up down there at UTMB. Well, we just wanted to thank you for being our first victim, Dustin, and we wish you the best in Texas. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for hosting me. If you want to delve a little deeper into the science behind this paper or drop us a comment, you could find us at 15minutepapers.github.io. That's 15minutepapers.github.io. Thanks for listening.